The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. And delighted to be joined this week for the Thursday interview by Dublin City Councillor Mannix Flynn. Mannix, how are you? Kieran, I'm very well, thank you. And yourself? I'm not too bad. Um, listen, thanks a million for coming in. I, I always try as much as I can in these profile interviews, if we'll call them that, to avoid the old stereotype of, and tell me about your upbringing and, you know, going through it just chronologically. But then I think maybe you're the exception to the rule because it's strikes me, you, you had an upbringing that doesn't really exist in Ireland anymore. I mean, it kind of harks back to a different time. You're from a huge family, first of all. Well, it was there 13 of you? There was 17 of us all together in our home. You know what I mean? And how many rooms in the home? There were t- two bedrooms, a living room, a, bat- a, ba- a, ba- a bathroom and, and a toilet. The bathroom was in the kitchen. So it was just up the road here in Mercer House, just literally two seconds away from yeah. this particular studio. But but as a child, that's the norm. As a child, you don't know any any different. Mm. You're out there trying to live in your childhood. Oh, the, the the people upstairs had had ten. The people down below had uh, had twenty one. The, the the norm was big families. You know what I mean? Or big extended families. And yeah. it was very much about that situation. On top of those situations, you had the state and you had the church and you had the regimes that were controlling the whole situation. So. You know, childhood is childhood. And if you read any book about childhood, growing up in rural Ireland or wherever it may be, it, it, it's, 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 it's about that childhood. What happened in that childhood, yeah. uh, you know, at the hands of the state and at the hands of the religious congregations and at the hands of uh, nasty people was, 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 was very difficult and, and interrupted, you know, uh, my life and yeah. the life of my family and indeed the life of my community. And that is all well documented. Yeah, when did that... Like begin to happen when you look back now. When when did when did you begin to to clash with the different organs of the state that you mentioned? The moment one was born, really, was the case because you were born into a class that was disadvantaged. You were born into a class that was poor. You were born into a state that was controlled by the church. So the immediate effects, you know, it's a bit like kind of oh well, I, I'm you know for a person who's born in the townland. Of, uh, of Limerick as yeah. opposed to on the land in Limerick. You notice these things very, very, very quickly. So the impact, you know, of authority on your life and regime on your life is very, 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 very present indeed. And then from then on in, you were aware that people were being sent away to industrial schools. You were aware what happened to people. You became aware of what was on the streets and you tried to avoid it happening to you, but it was inevitable that it would happen to you. So in a did way, did you feel that yourself abs- like before? I, before, because before we get to it, I mean, before you were sent, did you feel all I'm doing is delaying the inevitable here? Someday I'm getting sent off. You, you were always impacted on it by it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You were, you, because the authorities were down your neck. They were in your home. They were all over the place. The non-attendance of school officers. You know what I mean? The local nurses. It was always there. The guardie. You know, in this given area, we were surrounded by I think six police stations. So there was a general that we were bad people. This is what it was. There was mm. this general situation. Oh, you know, we, we, we don't, you know, we weren't middle class. We weren't poshers. We, were, we weren't just working class. We were poor working class. So there was a whole okay. clatter of things within, you know, so any kind of trespass. If you remember, well, probably you don't, but even if a woman dressed in a certain way, they were, they were, they were hit upon. There was a whole regime that was there 
And if you had a disability, for instance, you know, you were taken out. If you had a mental condition or a physical condition, you were uttered. So we were uttered in that situation. And once we stepped out of Mercer House down to Grafton Street, we were, it was kind of obvious, what are these people doing here? So, you know, there was, there was always that pressure. So, mm. you know, and we knew of individuals who were sent to Letterfrack. We knew of individuals who were sent to the institutions. We knew of people who ended up in the Magdalene Andres and the Mother and Baby Homes, etc., etc. These were things that you knew as a child. In the same way as a child playing down the country with an own, don't go down there because that's where all the kind of, like, you know, the bad people are. Don't go down there because that's yeah. where the bad fairies are. Or don't go near that tree because that's the ghost tree. All of those things play into your children. So they're all there and they're as real today as they were back then. And w- was there a terror of places like Letterfrack in advance. I mean, did you know? W- was it kind of an open secret to a degree the the the, the level of abuse and physical violence and everything you'd, people were exposed to there? Th- these were all part of a normality, but they were part of a subculture. They were part of an other kind of foreboding that went on. That was actually you know there. It was part of the 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 the, 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 the sensibility. Once you were in those institutions or sent to those institutions, then the whole dynamic actually changed. You were actually being handcuffed. You were being taken away Mm. in in a van from the children's court. You were detained in institutions. And then you had brute beasts, you know, know, attacking you simply for no reason whatsoever. The moment you went into those places, it it, it, it happened. Uh, You know what I mean? And that's and that's the and that's the way it was. Uh, we 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 you know so 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 that's the the, the likes of Letterfrack you know what I mean were way down in Connemara even mm. people in Connemara shudder when they hear about Letterfrack but and did, I don't mean the village I mean the institution did you did you can you remember your frame of mind though when when that happened when you were being handcuffed and led away like were you kind of were you still kind of a bit you know cock of the hoop you know what I mean. Or, or were you were you scared where you were going? You were never cock of the hoop. It was never the situation where it was bravado. There was a situation almost like, you know, I mean, if you read into the kind of, you know, the Jewish Holocaust or the, or the problems about the Jews, it was an inevitability. Remember, okay. before anything happened, you were, you know, like, for instance, like people who live in towns and villages and on the land, they were all, you know, or boggers or whatever, the, the different mm-hmm. descriptions. So there was this inevitability. So it was no surprise. What was, however, you know what I mean, uh, fairly kind of, uh, I suppose, a surprise and a shock to the system and traumatic was the level of violence that was perpetrated. The, the level of violence that was perpetrated on, on your on, on your person, mm. but also the level of violence that you saw on a regular basis. So yeah. while you may not have been battered on a daily basis or sexually abused or raped on a daily basis, you saw it happening around you and you knew. So there was this dreadful sense you know what I mean? And I think it will take a long time for the actual true history to be actually put out there. You know, I mean, we're now uncovering what went on in Black Rock. We are mm-hmm. now uncovering what went on in Belvedere. And speaking to some of the people who went through that process, it is a very similar process to my own process. Uh, that, Like that abuse that you talk about, that started literally day one, the day you arrived in Letterfrack. That started, you know what I mean, in many ways. You know what I mean? Like the sexual abuse and the violence yeah. started in Letterfrack. But the actual abuse and the disregard and the the, yeah. the, the, the the prejudice started, you know, as soon as you were born into those circumstances. You know? And that probably, on some level, did it condition you to think that when you were in Letterfrack, think that, you know, you deserved it? You you never felt you deserved it, you know what I mean? Because it wasn't a question of feeling was it there. There was a, it was a, there was a great sense that this was the norm. Yeah, okay. Because remember when you got into Letterfrack, 
those that were in Letterfrack were your next door neighbours, were the kids you knew in the street, the yeah, kids you knew okay. in the school. They, yeah. they, they were people that you knew. It wasn't a total strange experience. These were people that you knew. There were some other family members. There was relations that were there. There were people who knew people. You know, that was it. We were from that class. It was a small island nation. Dublin is a small little village. So we all kind of knew each other. We knew each other from the children's course, the non-attendance at school. Like to me, so so when you arrived there, this is how you how 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 you met. Yeah, uh, and that remained the case from the ages right through. For instance, I was in I was in Golden Bridge, you know, as a very young child in 1964. This this is when I first went into the, I was in Letterfrack in 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 68 and 67. All of the same people were in the same places and eventually then into Mountjoy Jail yeah. and indeed Dundrum uh, for the criminally insane at 15 years of age. Same folks in there, same thing. You you were classed as insane at one point and then classed as sane so they could send you to prison. Is that right? They certified me insane in order to transfer me from a jail at 15 years of age to see was I insane. Okay. Having then decided that I wasn't insane, they declassified me. But of course, they never said that in the documentation. So the next person that gets the file just reads, this boy was insane at 15 years of age and has a long history of mental illness since he was three. So it all tallies up along the yes. road. So you're gone. So it's a bit like, you know, you don't need any evidence other than this evidence. And of course there's the prejudice. Of course there's the prejudice. That same prejudice that you see that's happening at the moment on our streets by the prejudice about those who are homeless, those that are refugees. There's this prejudice that's actually there Unfortunately, you know, this is happening in society. Back then, it was the state, mm-hmm. agents of the state, and indeed the Catholic Church who had this particular prejudice. It's good, because uh, what I want to try and get into is, I suppose, your mindset then, where you, I guess, as you go through your teenage years and you become a bit more self aware, some people presented with the reality you were would think if, if society and if the state has determined that I am you know, that I am this kind of waste of space, essentially, um, they, they lean into it. You know, and it's not a conscious thing. It's a subconscious. They lean into it. And I guess you, you end up then in a life of criminality. You're just going to think, well, I'll, I'll, I will try to exist kind of beyond the reaches of the organs of the state. I, I, like, you didn't do that. You know, you, well, sorry, there was some criminality. Of course, you ended up in Manjoy. But, but my point is that you then decided to go down a completely kind of maybe um, uh, unexpected path. The road of the, of the decision to, to go down, you know what I mean, you know, was always there as a child. The opportunity wasn't there. Okay. And I wasn't empowered to do that. And I had no agency as a child to do that. And I had no agency as a youth to do that. Because what I was up against was not just the institutions of the state, but I was up against also a nation of institutionalised people, people that were conditioned. We're not so conditioned now because we realise that most of these things, like, you know, how, how, the holy horrors that we know, I mean, we won't go into that yet, but we, we know about this situation. Yeah. And it's not just about the, the residential institutions, it's also about the people who suffer from, from cancer because they weren't told, so on, so forth. You know, there's a clatter of stuff there where institutions and individuals decided to close individuals down. For, for, you know, for me, there was always... 
the other side there was always the mystery and there was always the situation of, there couldn't be life just couldn't be about this mundane situation where you're born into this particular slavery yes. because it was a form of kind of slavery the class before me suffered the same thing and the class before that suffered the same thing and if you go back into the workhouses and so on so forth and so on you'll see this history you know of the bridge of size you know what I mean and the, and the, and the, and the, and the walks of misery so I decided you know what I mean that there was something not not quite right, and I and I and I did my best through trying to identify myself and trying to identify arts mm. and culture, and I educated myself, and I learned how to read, and I learned how to write in institutions. Well, what is it though about you? I suppose what I'm asking that 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 made you feel you had the agency to pursue a career in theatre and acting and arts and culture, when, as you say, someone else who might have exactly like you had that ambition and that that grow from an early age. Their whole life experience and the conditioning of society that we talked about it was a would lay subversion. You know what? I I I would love to do that, but there is no point because society will just if I try to rise up, it will push me back it, down. It was a better. It was a better subversion. Was, democracy was a better thing. Culture was a, it was better to go down that road than to simply get involved in all the trouble mm. that was going on all around me. And this is what it was, and and that was the path I had, and there was that possibility, you know. So I had to break that mold. And it wasn't that I like all of a sudden I became a writer. I went through a very, very deep breakdown in those institutions where I had to find myself in a very dark place. You know, we talk about mental health. There was nothing of that nature then. If you mentioned that you had a mental issue, you were gone for the rest of your life into an institution. Mm. So I, I, I had to kind of hold this into myself. I, I had to kind of not tell anybody. And, and I had to rely on a strong personal fate that was beyond, you know what I mean, your traditional Catholic church indoctrination. Mm. Or to rely on something that was quite extraordinary and, you know, very, very, very unique indeed. And that was that I became conscious, I became aware of, of who I, of, 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 of myself, uh, and I became aware that I was in this kind of, you know, this peculiar place. And, you know, uh, it was very, very difficult. And it was very difficult when I came out of those institutions. And lucky enough, you know, I, I, I went into the arts, which, which, which has that possibility for mm. anybody who wants to try and discover who they are or what they are or take risks. And, and, and I was welcomed into there and, and, and my life began to change. But also, deep inside me was all the trauma that I had no clue about. So I ended yeah. up in addiction, I ended up in alcohol, I ended up, you know what I mean? I, I probably ended up in the worst place that I ever did in my life because I was trying to do the right thing, but I didn't realise what post-traumatic mm. stress disorder was. So from the ages of 20 to the ages of 45 years of age, as I, say, I always tell people, I went out for a drink at 20 and I came back at 45. <laughs> And and during that journey, yeah. that was very very painful and very yeah. very difficult. And then coming to terms with sexual abuse, rape, I- identity, torture, all of those kind of things, trying to figure out, you know, standing on the Olympia stage, getting a standing ovation from a judge that sent you to prison uh, a couple of years back, having a standing ovation and thinking this is very strange. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's but a very what's very strange, strange as you just said, that in some ways that was worse than the it, years before. It, it was, despite the physical. Abuse and sexual abuse and violence. It was the 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 attempt to come to terms with it was worse. It was very. It was worse because it, when mm. when, you, when you're stuck in the in the cycle, you know of law breaking or disadvantage or poverty and and, and fight, you're stuck in that. So it, it it almost is like a sedative. 
you yeah, know what I mean? I Boxers know. will tend to fight an awful lot because the more boxing you do, the less you feel the pain. You feel the pain afterwards. Yeah. So it's back in the dressing room, when when there was a draw, you're going to feel that pain. I felt the pain and the impact of that pain during that course of time and I had nowhere to place it. I couldn't place it anywhere. I, I had nowhere to place it and I was trying my absolute best. Mm. And all around me, don't forget, friends of mine were dying. There was drugs coming back in. Heroin was about. Members of my family were dying. You know, all sorts of things were happening and here I was a kind of a darling of the arts, uh, you know, a sought-after person in the media, you know, a, a, a phenomena, and as the Irish Times said, a major Irish talent and a major Irish actor and one of the 13 great Irish authors. All of this was thrown upon me at almost 20-odd years of age. And, and you know what I mean? And I'm only out of, like, you know, the institutional life, you know, as in I'm not in physically locked up, but I'm not out of the emotional, yeah. mental, physical, uh, traumatic nature. That took a, a, a fairly long time. When you used the word faith a minute ago, did you mean that in terms of um, faith in yourself or faith in a higher power? Faith in, uh, uh, you know, a higher power and faith in the fact that, 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 uh, that I'd become aware of this. I, and I, so how would you describe your beliefs then, your religious beliefs? I, I, I think religion is a, is an interesting thing, you know. What I mean, like you know, it's a bit like a kind of commodity, but uh, you know, in that sense. But uh, but uh, but I I, I I I do believe that each and every one of us are unique. I do believe that each and every one of us have choices. I believe that each and every one of us have an opportunity to wake up and be conscious. You know what I mean? And I think the first part is is that to, to not own self be true. You know, for an awful lot of my life, you know what I mean. I I, I lived what was put upon me. You know what mm. I mean? I, I lived the person that was put upon me in the same way as. As a child, to grow up, oh, that's so and so, that's him, or that's that's bigger, that's smaller. All these terms that we use, and you kind of grow up like that, and you think that this is you, when in actual fact, it's not you. I got a, an opportunity to be conscious. I, 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 I was it was painful, and, and and with that consciousness, yes, I believe personally for me in a power greater than myself. I I I, I believe in godlike figures. I believe in the Christ. I I believe in the the Muhammads. I, I believe in what they were trying to do and what they were putting down to us to, of, of a way of understanding mm. the mystery. We're in a ball in the middle of nowhere. No one has figured it all out. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we're unique individuals. You know this is this is life. Um, and so every day I live that now. Every single day I live that. I live that in city council. I live it with people. I live it every day. I'm a mystery. I'm a miracle. I live that all the time. And I always felt that that was the case. I always felt that that was the situation. Um, you know what I mean? And I, 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 I was able to take those risks and I, and, I, and I was able to break out of that situation. Um, I'm not saying I live a life beyond my wildest dreams and it's fantastic every day I've got to deal with my mood swings so on so forth mm. my disappointment but I have agency and I'm blessed you know what I mean and a lot of my family and a lot of my friends and a lot of those that were in the institutions with me are not around and yeah. they're not necessarily around because they did something to themselves they're not around because they weren't included and the terms inclusion, social mobility, all of these lovely terms of, you know, identifying poverty and figuring out, they're all terms that really are meaningless to the vast amount of people who are in difficult circumstances in their city. They've been failed by the politicians, and they've been failed by the church, and there's a constant issue in there for a small nation. I would be one of the extremely rare individuals in that sense. And I'm aware of what I... What I the what 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 I am and 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 what I need to do and I hope that what I do reflects the other individuals who are finding it difficult out there mm. that there is there is glitches 
there is ways out. There is that possibility that, that, that at the last moment in the game when you think, ah, oh, Jesus, this is all over, there's a score and it's won. Maddox, listen, it's been great to chat to you. Thanks a million. You're very welcome. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.